0: This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple.
1: Hey, good morning, Chicago. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm a financial journalist and the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company.
0: And I'm Tom Fortino. I'm the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group, a retirement planning firm right here in the Chicagoland area.
1: So if you want to talk with Tom or ask us a question, you can give us a call or text 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. And when you're at the website, be sure to get your free retirement planning packet that has all five pillars of your retirement plan, income planning, estate planning, asset planning, investment planning, and tax planning. Our number again, 630-934-1855. Okay, so Tom, last Monday <clears throat> before the 4th, the yield curve briefly inverted to 42-year lows. Mm-hmm. And apparently that happened because investors think that the Fed is going to keep raising interest rates to keep inflation in check. And, I, you know, we all know that the U.S. Treasury moves in step uh, with interest rate expectations, right? So it was down 2.7 basis points at 4.85% on Monday, and the yield on the 10-year Treasury was down 3.9 basis points to 3.78. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all this? You know, typically when the yield curve inverts, we expect a recession to be on the way, but I'm, everything I'm hearing these days, and I'm sure you have too, is that it looks like we're not going to really get a recession,
0: well, I think here, I think one of the jokes was they predicted 12 of the last 10 recessions. And so we always talk about these predictions. We can go back. And, and I think what we have to be very cautious of, nobody knows. You know, some have said this market's going to really tank. And some have said we're going to have a recession. And then it's not going to be till the first quarter of next year and so on. And these prognosticators, that's all well and good. And it's fine. I mean, and and we can talk about it. There's a lot of headwinds in this, you know, whether we're looking at the debt We're looking at some of the banks that have had some issues here, commercial real estate. We can go down the line of some issues. But the point is, how does that impact you, right? How does it impact the regular individual out there who's investing, either they're nearing retirement, in retirement, or they're not maybe so close. But what do you do about it? Okay, so I I get it. it, it could happen. The biggest question is, when you take a look at some of these things, again, what do you do with your portfolio? Because this is typically what we're talking about investments. And in most cases, the answer is not a lot, right? I think, and I don't mean it in a sense that we shouldn't be aware of what's going on in the economy, what's going on around us. But when you start to make these moves, and I've given the quote by Eugene Fama, the Nobel Prize winning University of Chicago professor, our investments are like a bar of soap. The more we handle them, the smaller they get. Right, and so I love that. And so we just want to be cautious. And I'd say the takeaway from some of these things when you hear people talking about this is, hey, understand, because we've seen emotions are what really have a, you know, we're sometimes our own worst enemy. So what I would say is the bigger question is, as I said, what is your portfolio? Does it meet your risk tolerance and your objectives? How much of your money is what I like to say sometimes protected? In other words, you're talking about interest rates, at least, you know, if you can get 4.5% on a two-year, do you want to park 30% of your portfolio? Again, depending on where you're at and say, I know this piece is not going to go down, for the most part, if I hold it to duration, with the market, right? I'm okay with 50% of my money being exposed to the market. I guess it's going to be up and down. I want to have growth. That's part of it. And then you can stick to it. But I think that's really what we have to look at this. No one really is going to predict what's going to happen. You know, predictions are hard to make, especially about the future, as we say. And so we just really (laughs) have to be careful.
1: I I think being careful is... Is really interesting, especially with the idea that if we do avoid a recession, typically the stock market, or at least this is how it used to be, right? When you and Mm -hmm. I were kind of coming of age in this world, uh, the stock market was the predictor of what was going to happen with the economy. And it was typically nine months to a year and a half out. Mm -hmm. So if the stock market was going up, you could figure that... Things were looking good. The economy was on a good path. It was pricing in the future gains or future growth. Mm-hmm. And then over the last 10 or 15 years, basically since the Great Recession, the stock market has seemed to be not that, right? It's been, or it's been like seven years ahead, which is not really very helpful. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it's even worth connecting those two things anymore. The fact that you've got a yield curve in, inverting, maybe it doesn't mean that a recession is coming.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it very, most of the time it does. I mean, 99, whatever the percentage is. But, again, the point is when you're taking a look at your portfolio and do we think a recession is coming, you know, if you think, look, again, this is where the most vulnerable is when you're two, three, four years out from retirement or in retirement. And you need to draw from your investments, right? And so if mm-hmm. the market look right now the PE on the on the S P is twenty five plus, I think, a little over twenty five. So your price to earnings ratio is over twenty. That's a little extended. And again, we can have arguments of where we think earnings are gonna be going forward. But I think that's where we, again, where there might be some vulnerability. So the takeaway from this, I think, for most individual investors, if I pose the question, do you know what you own? Do you know how your accounts are set up? Do you know where the risks are? And do you think it's appropriate for your long-term goals? Because if it isn't, then maybe it's time to reevaluate. And if a recession does come, certainly that can be impactful to your portfolio. So, this is where we just have to be careful, and that's where I think the takeaway is from some of this, really, for the individual investor.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think those are, uh, as always, great points, and I do think we have to think sort of carefully about what we own because if you look at the stock market, I think it's like, and I'm going to fudge this number a little bit, but like 10 companies are accounting for about 80 mm-hmm. to 90% of all the growth in the stock market, and if you take right. out those 10 companies and I'm talking about Alphabet which owns Google, Meta which owns Facebook, Tesla is another one. You know all these Apple, huge Microsoft. Mass- exactly. I think the phrase Take- the
0: Magnificent 7 an homage I oh, guess. Is that to the it? old it's Yul no Brenner, longer the original Magnificent 7 right.
1: <laughs> Wait, what was it what was, what were we orig- well whatever we were originally <laughs> calling them it's growing but there's only like yeah. 7, 10, 15 companies Correct. and it's, and it's and so if you take that out, what are we really looking at with the stock market? And maybe that's the better predictor.
0: Yeah, if you look, there hasn't been a, what we would say, a broad base. Look, you look at small cap, right now that's underperforming. Is there going to be a rotation into different sectors? But then it gets back again to the point, least. Uh, we have to be careful with our portfolios and start to make moves. I just saw a recent article about dividend-paying stocks, and I'm a fan of dividend-paying stocks. It's, mm-hmm. I, it's good to have it as part of your portfolio, but they've had one of the worst six-months performance in in a long, long time. That doesn't mean abandon them, but what I'm saying is, you know, it could have been, I'm going to value. I'm going to get out of growth. Well, if you did that at the beginning of the year, well, now the NASDAQ's up over 30% because you went to value. And now you say, well, I'm going to go back to the NASDAQ. So you, I hope there's some lessons learned here. And again, <laughs> it's really about where you stand, where your goals are, You know, how are you near in retirement? Do you have income coming? I mean, there's so many questions to ask. And then you design a portfolio that makes sense for you. That's what we do. And I, we've offered this before, and at I've talked about doing the portfolio x-ray. Know what you own, know why you own it, and then you can start to make whatever. You can design a portfolio that you think you can stick with and which I think ultimately makes you the most successful.
1: I I love that whole idea of the portfolio X-ray. And you have made that offer before. And folks, if you're listening and that's something that you need... Give Tom a call, 630-934-1855. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about longevity, literacy, uh, a new take on something we've talked about before. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink, here with Tom Fortino. Our number, 630 934 1855 you can call or text us at that number, 630-934-1855, or go to com. So, Tom, a significant share of older Americans really are underestimating how long mm-hmm. retirement's going to last. And I just had this conversation with somebody over the weekend They're in their 60s and they were, you know, they're kind of planning to live to be, I don't know, 80. And I was like, 80 seems really young now. And in (laughs) fact, (laughs) the older you get, the longer you're (laughs) going to live, according to the actuary. So at age 60, an American man can live to be 82, a woman, 85. If you live to be 65, uh, you're likely to live to be your late 80s, both male and female. And Mm -hmm. You know, according to this new survey by TIAA-CRAF, one quarter of Americans underestimate their life expectancy. They call it longevity literacy. Mm -hmm. And you've called it longevity risk, where it's good that you're planning for retirement, but now we have to talk about planning for an extra long retirement. Mm So I'm curious, how do you talk about with your clients about this idea of longevity literacy Mm -hmm. uh, or longevity risk. How do you help them plan for it when you don't know if your retirement's going to be 15 years, 20 years, 30
0: years, 50 years? Well, you know, I'm going to quote, as we've quoted him before, Lawrence Kotlikoff, who said, the risk isn't dying, the risk is living, right? And so often we say, you know, we don't look at those things. Well, I'm going to take these things like Social Security as an example. I'm just going to take it because... You know, I want to get it as much as I can because if I pass away, well, there's more decisions to be made in this. And so, like you said, at least this is the risk, the longevity risk. And so there's a couple ways to approach this when you take a look at your retirement plan, right? I'm an investment advisor rep. We do and provide active money management. We do portfolio management. That is always a piece of it, and it's important. We just talked about that in the previous segment. But in addition to that, there's this income plan. I always say it's the cornerstone. So how do you create income, lifetime guaranteed income, whether you're 75, 85, 95? And when we look at things like Social Security, that's an income, right? So we want to, and these are irrevocable decisions. We have to be we have to be very careful when we make that decision. When you're 72, you can't go back and change it. So do we wait to get the maximum? And, and there's no perfect answer, and there's no answer for everybody that's general, but this is why I do a Social Security analysis as part of the overall planning so you, ha- you can make an informed decision. Do we wait till 70? That's the highest possible benefit for the rest of my life. If I'm married, it goes to my spouse if it's the highest benefit. There's a p- potential to protect from longevity risk. Pensions. What is the survivor benefit? Am I maxing my pension? That again is a lifetime income. We can look at annuities. In fact, they can offer income, lifetime income, as well as joint lifetime income. So this is how we start to create. Cause, you know, the adage of, look, income's more important than savings cause savings can run out. Let's create an income plan that lasts our lifetime, again, regardless of our age, and then we can fill the other pieces in on the plan. But this is kind of the cornerstone of our overall plan.
1: So one of the things I've been meaning to ask you about the income plan is, can you put in a COLA cost-of-living adjustment so that it will at least stay somewhat Mm -hmm. connected to the pace of inflation?
0: Yeah, that's a great point, at least. I mean, as far as when we talk about longevity risk... There's that inflation risk is part of it, it kind of went part and parcel. Ten years from now, you know, if you look at $100,000 of needed income, look at it, three and a half percent, you may need $140,000, 145000 And so over over that expectancy, life expectancy, you may double in 20 years. So this is important, absolutely. This is something you want to work at. Number one, we test the plan and increase it by using inflation as a factor. When I analyze and test a plan, I factor in inflation. And it's interesting when you start to see that. Now, second to that, can you factor some things in? Certainly. You can put in some income strategies that will increase with inflation or you can have some that will turn on at different points. And there's a, there's ways to factor in creating additional income that can come in at different points to take into account that inflation risk.
1: Okay, talk a little bit more about that because I don't, I don't remember us talking about how you can turn something on and off. I imagined <laughs> you would sort of I don't know. Hello, I'm 70. I'm retired, so now I'm taking my social security and I'm buying my annuity or whatever it is. I've got my pension and I'm set. But can I then turn on a different one when I'm like 85?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can ladder annuities. There's longevity. There's actually what are called longevity annuities. I, there's pros and cons to those, but the, the bottom line is yes, you can structure the income plan to have different... There are some that have a factor in there for inflation, number one. And number two, in in addition to maybe using those strategies, there's other ones where, again, you can say, I'm going to turn these different income pieces on later on. So you can, yes, you can structure the income plan for those types of annuities to turn on at different points to provide additional income.
1: Okay. So longevity annuities give me some pointers on what I need to think about if I'm if I'm looking at that and who do you even buy those from people like you
0: yeah yes you know I'm an independent you know I'm not tied to any one insurance company or I'm, I'm, besides being an investment advice rep I've been insurance licensed for over 25 years so it's it's helpful for my clients because I can talk about life insurance long-term care annuities and provide the guidance on that again making informed decisions. As far as the longevity annuities, those are are part of allowed in the IRS code where you can turn them on starting at 85. They do not have required minimum distributions, are not required with them. You have this set, again, you have this guaranteed income that's going to come in at that point. And again, the benefit is they're not part of a required, besides the income and the lifetime income, There's no required minimum distribution. Uh, They're kind of out of that factor of it. So it's something worth looking at for some people, I think. There might just, there's so many different, I guess there's different options that are available for individuals out there to sit back and say, you know what, I've got all the income I need. So I'm pretty confident about that for myself, if you're married, for your spouse. I think that's a pretty good feeling to have. So this is why we talk about the income, knowing you have to turn the lights on money, you have money coming in every week. You go travel, it's still hitting your bank account. These are good things.
1: Yeah, that is – those are good things. And the closer I get, and I'm coming up to a birthday very soon, (laughs) the more I think that that's that's really a smart way to go. If you've got a question for Tom or for me, you want to ask us, text us, call us, whatever it is, 630-934-1855. You can also go to Tom's website, alphawealthgroup.com. And when you fill out the form, if this is something you want to know more about – just put in longevity literacy or longevity risk, and Tom will know that what you really want to talk about are these longevity annuities uh, and whether they're right for you, exactly how they work, the ins and the outs. You want to make sure you really understand that before, as, as it is with any of these financial products, right? They're right mm-hmm. for some people. They're wrong for mm-hmm. others. Uh, but there's always some way to get to the end result that you want. So 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. Stay tuned for more of This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of This Week in Wealth. If you're just joining us, I'm Elise Glink, CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder and principal of the Alpha Wealth Group. 630-934-1855. You can call or text your question or comment. You can also go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, this is the segment that we usually do questions from Mm -hmm. our listeners. And we did get a question this week from someone who I think works for the state of Illinois. Here's the question. What do you think about the Rule of 85 with the state of Illinois? And what sort of other advice would you give someone who's contemplating from a state job where they probably do have a pension? So, Mm -hmm. first, what is the Rule of 85?
0: Well, when we're talking about pensions, you know, this is you. I don't want to say unique. It it isn't a requirement, but you know, a lot of these plans are governed by IRS rules, um, governed by other types of rules, government rules. But in this case, the eighty five, the rule of eighty five, just refers to your eligibility to take a pension. So there's different rules here. I think if you're age sixty and you've worked for eight years, you're eligible. The rule of eighty five simply means that you're eligible for this this pension. If the combination, you just need to know two numbers. One is what's your uh, what is your age, which I hope you know, and secondly, um, <laughs> how many years service have you put in. So, for example, if you're 55 and you've worked 30 years, there you are, 85. You should be eligible for your pension at that point. And so, um, this is where again you you want to understand the rules of your pension. And so, I would say this may be unique to some pensions because it isn't a rule that all pensions need to to offer or provide but the the point is again the takeaway I guess at least for anyone listening is for those that do have a pension and to answer this gentleman's question as far as you know contemplating retiring it's it's really kind of the same thing pensions you know understand I would say that you're in two camps one is if you're already taking your pension you know similar to social security it's an irrevocable decision you can't go back and change your pension so understand what your options are. So if you're already taking it, please understand what your survivor benefit is if you're married, because a lot of times I'll have meetings and someone will say, I think it's 50. It might be 75. I'm not really sure. You really want to understand what that is. And then how does that work in your plan? Do you have to provide additional protection to your spouse if that pension is reduced or is cut in half or m- maybe goes away? I don't know. The second one is if you are not taking your pension, this is, again, a call to action. Contact your pension provider. Understand your options and your rules. When can you take it? What are the amounts? What are the survivor benefits? Again, for those that are married, and then understand the options and then work it into your plan. Okay, This is an income. It's an income piece as a pension. Some will offer a lump sum. Please be very careful on those. In other words, they'll say, you'll get $30,000 a year or, or we'll give you $400,000 and go away. Right. And so, that sounds
1: like so much money. Like you could imagine somebody going, mm-hmm. oh, I will, I'll take the 400,000. I personally would rather have the 30 a year.
0: You know, <laughs> and hey, I was it's just a real, lottery. it's I, a lottery
1: question, I know, but it's again right?
0: I agree. No, I, you know, I've had people call in and, and when I have meetings with them, so I say, bring in your pension information. They'll bring in a couple sheets and I'll show all the options. Sometimes they have 10 or 12 different options and we'll, so we'll run through them. And that's why this decision is so important. As I said, it's irrevocable, but you you want to understand how does it tie into, well, when you're looking at your retirement, okay, this is that income piece. If you take the lump sum and you say, well, I have all this other income, my spouse has income, we're okay, that's okay, because then it can pass on to your children if you want and you have this asset. But you have to be, to your point at least, you have to be very careful because you're saying, I'm giving up this lifetime income for a chunk of money. I'm not saying it's a good or bad idea. You have to really look at your situation. I always say people be very 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 cautious when you make that decision. But you know, this no, is all it, part of knowing your retirement plan and what your options are.
1: No, it absolutely is. I mean, the, there are huge risks and I I throw in this whole lottery thing because this is exactly what happens. People will take the lump sum from the lottery if you're mm-hmm. lucky enough to win, let's say a million dollars, or you can, you know, so you can have a million dollars spread over 20 years, mm-hmm. monthly payments, or you can actually take, you know, whatever it is, 60% mm-hmm. of that or 40 per 50% something. So you'll get a half a million today, or you can have a million dollars spread over 20 years. And if you don't spread it out, it's gone. It's mm-hmm. typically gone in a year and a half. Well, what, what do people do with that? Well, they start buying things. They've got friends coming out of the woodwork and family members they haven't heard from or maybe aren't even related to. They suddenly uh, make some bad investments and they lose some mm-hmm. of it. They trust the wrong people some of it might get stolen. And pretty soon, within a year and a half to two years, on average, no matter how much you win, it's completely mm-hmm. gone. So, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes people will buy property that they can't afford to maintain. It's like, yeah, and oh, so well, I can
0: is, buy that house, but I can't actually yeah. heat it. Well, yeah. <laughs> so it's an income versus an asset. This is this whole discussion right. of we we keep coming back to the this income piece, why that's so important. So I would say anyone that has a pension that wants an analysis or wants to say, look, I'm more than happy to go through it with you. I'm always going to give you an honest assessment. I can tell you, I've dissuaded people from taking a lump sum. I'm saying you cannot replicate this in the open market. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. As a guarantee, now again, let's be clear, as a guarantee. Yeah, if you get 8 to 10% a year for the rest of your life, yeah. So you just have to be so careful with these. And I said, I've had individuals call me. I've had clients say, yeah, I think I should take the loan. So I said, wait, hold on. Let's take a look at the numbers. And look, I'm an investment advisor rep. As I said, look, I would manage the money for them, but I'm not going to tell them to do something if I don't think it's in their best interest. And so it's interesting, even the point you make, like you see, hey, this is a half a million dollars or 25000 a year, what should I take? Well, you just have to be very careful. And as I said, anyone that's looking or evaluating their pension as part of your overall income plan, I'm more than happy to run the numbers for you and show you just the different options and help you make that decision. But you should find out what your options are. So let me
1: go back to just a minute to the rule of 85, which is where we started. Because There's definitely a formula, even in corporate America, of how long you've worked plus how old you are equals the age at which you get whatever retirement benefits Mm -hmm. the company is offering. You might qualify for retirement health, or you might be able to Mm -hmm. invest any shares of stock that hadn't been there, or whatever it is. And so this kind of rule of 85, every company has something similar, they just Mm -hmm. don't Maybe it doesn't need to add up to eighty five. I know at right. a company in Atlanta that I was consulting with. It was age plus ten years, mm-hmm. so you had to get to sixty five, um, but you you couldn't do it until you were at least fifty five, and mm-hmm. then it was you had to be, have ten years. And if you were longer, you had other things. But yep. it didn't it didn't noticeably change anything if you went from fifty five to say sixty. It, then after, if you got another ten years into it, then. You know, there were other benefits, but Mm -hmm. just, you know, if you don't know what it is, you want to talk to HR, find out, because if you're 60 and you've worked somewhere for, to your point, 8, 10, 20 years, you may well be able to retire now with every benefit you would have had and then take a different job Mm -hmm. or you know, right. figure something else out. Do something else that you wanted to do.
0: Right. That's the beauty of it if you've got this income. But this is why when I talk about financial organization, I'm just not, not talking about organizing all your accounts and understanding where they're at, but also your income. Know what your Social Security benefit is. Go to ssa.gov. Know what your pensions are. Now you start stacking some of these things. You may be surprised. Man, wow, I've got $80,000 of income coming. I didn't realize that. And so and if- this is why this stuff is so critical understanding and getting a plan in place. All
1: right. We're going to come back in just a minute with a little bit more. Stay tuned. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink here with Tom Fortino of the Alpha Wealth Group. You can always call or text the show 630-934-1855 or go to alphawealthgroup.com. Take a look at all the cool information Tom has on there. And you can also fill out a form and send us a message that way. All right, Tom. Do you follow Jeremy Grantham?
0: I am. Um, I've heard of him, but I don't. I can't necessarily say I follow him. No.
1: I, I probably. I feel like I should say this with a British accent. Robert Jeremy <laughs> Gol- Golfo Grantham is yes. a uh, bur- <laughs> like that uh, British investor, co-founder, chief investment strategist of GMO LLC. That's a Boston-based asset management company. Mm-hmm. They've got about 118 billion under management, so pretty successful. He's 84, and I'm guessing he's got all the income he needs. Just you know, mm-hmm. to throw that in yeah. there. But one of the things he's well known for is this idea that super bubbles are forming, and that um, he feels that the stock market has a, about a 70 percent chance of crashing because we're seeing a super bubble form in stock and housing prices. So earlier in the show, you talked about how the P.E. right now is about Mm 25-ish. Is that what you said? Yes. And do you think, to also go back to something we talked about earlier, do you think that goes back to those top 10, the the magnificent seven stocks, or 10 or 15 that are really pulling up the market? Do you think that's artificially inflating that P.E.? Or do you agree... With what Grantham is saying, which is that there have been three huge super bubbles, 1929, 2000, 2021, and he sees another one forming now. What do you, what do you think about all that?
0: Well, I'm surprised he didn't include 2008 with the housing bubble, but um, and maybe that yeah, right? was in there. But, uh, yeah, you see these asset bubbles because when money is incredibly liquid, right, you 're flooding the market with money, and people can we let me just look at housing we haven 't seen a huge decline, which is interesting on the um the home prices yes, there's been a slight decline, but still they 've kind of stayed uh, hovering there but you know when you oh, can yeah. buy a you know you can you can you can uh, basically buy at two and a half percent three percent on a thirty year i mean come on, and so obviously you can ha- you have more uh, options and you have a higher payment that you can make, which means you can buy a higher you know higher value house. So asset bubbles can be created. Are we in an asset bubble right now? I mean, maybe a little bit. I mean, we've got some issues. You've seen what's happening in commercial real estate. Again, that's kind of holding. We'll see what happens with some of the debt. And so, um, I'm again, we were kind of having this conversation before when we were talking about the recessions and the inverted yield curve. And we come, kind of keep coming back to this. You know, there's a lot of people out there and prognosticators. Do I think we have some headwinds? Do I think there's an overvaluation? And by the way, some of those stocks, the Magnificent 7 or the 10 stocks, their PEs are much higher than just the 25 on the S&P. But, uh, yes, they do impact it. But I think we just have to be careful about these predictions and what will happen. So, again, I do think we're going to see some maybe corrections, some pullbacks here and there. But, again, it comes back to how much of my money do I want to protect, how much do I want to have, where it's not going to be susceptible to this market. And then there's, there's that piece where you know, your option of being in the market, that's where you're going to get the growth. That's historically uh, where you, you want to have your money to get growth. And that's how you do it, really. It doesn't have to be that complicated, I guess.
1: Well, it, it's interesting because these big 10 stocks, I think, are really distorting averages in the marketplace. So, mm-hmm. for example, Apple was, they said last week, is like the first $3 trillion company in history. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And you know, you would you look at it and you're like, oh, a share is a hundred and you know, ninety something dollars, two hundred dollars. It doesn't seem that much, but but how many shares? How many times is that stock divided? Yeah. So the PE ratio right now is over thirty for that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's usually signifies a fast growing company. So Mm -hmm. one thing is if the P E ratio is that, but it's so huge, Apple, that it I think And it's such a big piece of the S&P 500 now Mm -hmm. that I think there's a distortion going on that maybe unmasks what's going on in the rest of the world, which is maybe not such great growth and not such great prospects and, you know, where this everything is really concentrated in these tech stocks. And I think people make a mistake. And this is one of the reasons, by the way, that I have always invested for the last at least 20 years in index mutual funds. Mm-hmm. Because they're broad based, you diversify going in. S and P five hundred literally means you've got five hundred investments. So some are going to hopefully go up and go down. But people, I think, get fooled into thinking that as a group, those five hundred companies are all at twenty five. You know, PE mm-hmm. ratio. I think it's easy for us to fool ourselves
0: mm-hmm. without
1: thinking it through. When you talk to your clients, do you do you find that they? don't make that distinction, or they don't recognize that there's a real difference there?
0: Well, getting, like you said, the indexes and and being there, it's the old adage, and that was Vanguard, or John Vogel, the founder of Vanguard, which was a pioneer in the investment industry, said, instead of trying to find the needle in the haystack, just buy the haystack, right? Mm. And so, you know, that's kind of, again, we get back to, you have to be careful. Um, Now, the question is, is there a value there? Look, the the S&P is market cap weighted. So, when you have GM, which is worth $50 billion, and then you have Apple, which is worth $30 trillion, I mean, $30 Jeez, Geez, maybe someday. Three, Three. maybe someday.
1: <laughs> Next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's 60 times the value. One-point move in Apple is going to have a lot bigger impact than a one-point move in GM. So we have to understand, yes, the S&P is cap-weighted. And so those bigger companies have a bigger impact. That said... You know, do you think Apple's going to be worth more than more five years from now? Do you think Microsoft is going to be worth more five years from now, especially in a PE of 30 is not some astronomical PE and it's a growth stock. So, you know, those are how you want to kind of take a look at it. If you're going to own these types of things. So this gets back to really kind of coordinating. That's why I would say there's five pieces to your plan, right? Some of it, too, is tax planning besides the income planning tax planning. If I'm going to own some growth stocks, more or less, I want to have them in my Roth, right? I had a conversation, I may have mentioned this before, with someone who bought Tesla many years ago, bought $10,000 worth of it. Today, his account's worth, over, I think, over 130000 He said to me, man, I wish I would have bought this in a Roth. And so, you know, this is where we can really start to have, I don't want to say fun, but where we really start to be strategic about what we do. On growth, you know, I'm getting off on a tangent here a little bit, but I just want people to be aware. It's not about one thing. So when we talked about income planning earlier, at least, and we now talking about your investment plan, there's also this tax piece to it, too, that you can kind of marry all these things together. And it's it's a good thing.
1: Well, I love that because it, it really focuses, I think, the attention on where you can take your smartest money from. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I think, the mistakes that I think people make with retirement dollars is they will grab whatever's easiest to grab if they Mm -hmm. need cash, but they're not necessarily strategic or smart Mm -hmm. about where they take the money from. And there's a real difference. And I'm reminded of this because our older son just took his first job, and so we were going through his benefits last night. And he was asking questions about, well, how much should I you know, put away my retirement account. I mean, he's 27, right? So he's Mm -hmm. not going to touch it for a while and they'll match 4%. And we're like, okay, put it away. But also, start putting money away in a Roth IRA so that you can decide where you want to take money from later on Mm -hmm. when you're tired and in retirement. Or if you want to buy a house, you know, with your Roth IRA, you can always take out those contributions after five years for a first purchase, you know, think about it. Think about mm-hmm. all the different ways you want to, you know, have money invested.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's critical. Those are the things. There's two decisions when you make that contribution. To a 401k, to an IRA, whatever it may be is, first of all, how much? And I'm going to make a contribution. Then it's, you've got another decision. Do I want to do it to tax-free or, you know, put it in where I don't pay the tax today but pay on the back end? Or do I want to pay the tax today not to ever pay tax on it again? So this there's a lot of, uh, you know, you want to take these things into account. So on the back end, you're as successful as possible.
1: I know that one of the other things, and we're just about out of time for today, but I know that one of the other things that you do is analyze and work with people to help somebody analyze what they're doing with their taxes and how they can be tax efficient in retirement. And, you know, folks, this is really a point that we cannot emphasize often enough. You really have to think this stuff through so that as you're planning retirement, getting close to retirement, or maybe you're in retirement, you can make the most of the money that you actually have on hand because at some point in time your ability to earn more is going to be limited. So then you're you're kind of stuck with what you have coming in and how do you make the most use of it. And I I think Tom can really help with that. So I'm gonna give the number again 630-934-1855. He can do the portfolio x-ray. He can help you with your tax identification and planning. Try and figure it all out. And, of course, income generation. All the things we've talked about on this show. You can also go to alphawealthgroup.com. And I hope you will uh, join us again next week because we are, unfortunately, out of time. But you can always listen to past episodes at wgnradio.com. You can find me at bestmoneymoves.com or thinklink.com. And don't forget to tune in next week at 7 a.m. for another edition of This Week in Wealth.